Thank you for calling the White House comment line. Thank you for calling the White House. Unfortunately, we cannot answer your call today because congressional Democrats are holding government funding, including funding for our troops and other national security priorities, hostage to an unrelated immigration debate. Due to this obstruction, the government is shut down. In the meantime, you can leave a comment for the president at www.whitehouse.gov forward slash contact. We look forward to taking your calls as soon as the government reopens. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to episode 374 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dalamore. And seated across from me, this long Thanksgiving-like table, my beautiful and talented co-host, Brittany Page. So we had a little bit of an issue. <laughs> You're launching right in, huh? Well, I <laughs> I feel like we have to explain because okay. I always, I'm overwhelmed by guilt when we are... Oh, you're talking about missing an episode yeah, last week. Yeah, when we're late, oh, okay. when we have to skip an episode. I thought you were launching right into the bee sting we're episode. We're not. Oh. No, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but I, I always feel guilty when we're late or skip an episode. And we were left without power for like 12 hours or something. Yeah. It was yeah. like 10 hours, 10, 11, 12 hours. Something that's, late into the darkness of night. Yeah. It seems like it should not be allowed. <laughs> um, or they should give you a discount or something if they're going to take your power for that long, because that is a substantial amount of time. But that is what yes. resulted in the lack of an episode last week. So just to let everyone know, this will be a week of hashtag third episode. Third episode. And I don't know if you want to give the schedule of that or just uh, have it be a surprise. Well, we'll figure it week. out. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it'll probably be Wednesday and then Friday. Yeah. But that depends on news. I mean, things kick off and it goes a little crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to be super hectic this week because they're dealing with the shutdown and the continuing resolution. They have a vote on the floor at 1 a.m. Eastern time tonight. So it, this all might not, this might get resolved and then we will, we'll have other new shit to talk about, but we'll see. We'll see. We don't, we don't know. But thank you for your patience. Like it is kind of weird that they can just turn your power off. Yeah. For for an extended period of time. When I got home late that that, that night, I I reached into the freezer for a handful of ice to make a drink. Oh. A little bourbon drink. Ooh. And uh it wasn't a pool of water, <laughs> but it was slippery ice because it was covered in water. It was yeah. melt slowly melting. Well, that's that's a decent amount of time to have the refrigerator be off I yeah think. it's decent all right yeah it's just a bummer because you're it they're a they're a monopoly yeah they can they can do what they want right they can not have you have power and it's not like you're gonna tell them oh well, we're gonna go to the other power company right so. <laughs> yeah um you can complain to edison all you want and they will just tell you to f off that is exactly right. Yeah, they don't care. But um, that was one part of a very hectic um, day. You also had a traumatic... <laughs> well, we, we both had a traumatic I, it experience. It wasn't so traumatic for me. It was more traumatic for you. Um, 
You have to admit that's the case. Well, I do remember you complaining and saying, oh, are you the one that was traumatized in this situation? <laughs> so I feel as though... All right, let me set the stage. Okay, here we go. Brittany and I went to the grocery store. So exciting. We returned from the grocery store into the parking lot, and I opened the back door of the car, and I felt like a... I'm acting it out here. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I felt like a... Like a prick. Yeah. I always feel like a prick, but this case, <laughs> I felt like a prick in my hand. Right. And it... it uh, On your finger. Yeah, on, on the inside of my middle finger on my left hand, the hand with which I opened the door. Right. And then I got in the car, still kind of like, ah, fuck, what was that? I feel like something pinched me. Yeah. And then I look down because it's still like, it's not going away. Right, continuing to hurt. And it looks like there's a little, like a... Like a little pricker, like a like a a stinger. Well, it was a stinger. I got stung by a goddamn bee. I don't know why I'm. It looked like a splinter, though. A splinter. That's not what I was thinking. And I've never been stung by a bee, so so I've never had this experience. So you're showing that to me, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. Right, right, right. (laughs) So then I'm like, ah, well. So I I flicked the the stinger off. Yeah. And proceeded to drive away. And we're almost out of the parking lot, and we're in a part of the parking lot where. First of all, it's Southern California, so people drive like assholes. No. And uh, we're pulling out, and Brittany loses her goddamn mind, is thrashing around, blonde hair akimbo (laughs) all over the room, all over the inside of the car, and screaming maniacally. Yeah. Yeah. I look over, and I see a a bee... Frantically trying to get out of the car, getting trying to get out of my hair. Anyway. Because what had happened was I was thrashing about, and the the bee, I could hear it buzz, buzz, right in my ear, right in my ear hole, buzzing, That's shit, bro. buzzing very That's loud, shit. yeah, loudly. And um, I put my head in my lap, and I was screaming, and you were trying to drive. Very dangerous situation. Um. <laughs> But, you know, I I have never said that I'm good under pressure when it comes yeah. to animals or insects. Let me say so. this. If I'm ever attacked by an animal on the street, I'm fucked because yeah. you're <laughs> you're you're going to be of no help to me. Yeah. I I might as well have like a 5-year-old. They would be more help being able to ad- administer assistance. Okay, well, here's the or thing. Or at least call for help. No, no, no. You are you 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 you're having a seizure inside the car okay. because of the presence of a bee. Okay. You were complaining about how badly it hurts, and that was informing my reaction because I've never been stung by a bee. So I wasn't now, complaining about how badly it yeah, hurts. Yeah, you were like, oh, my joints are starting to hurt. Not at like, that uh, point. That was I'm, later. Okay, whatever. You were about to die, and <laughs> I... <laughs> And that was informing my reaction. I I didn't want to get stung by a bee, even though I know that they can't sting twice or something, right? Well, uh, you, who knew you knew? You don't put it together. You're not acting logically. You're <laughs> acting like a maniac. Okay, but th- this definitely made the decision because, you know, Mark from um, Mark's Beehole, formerly Mark's Beehole. That's right. 728 Bieries. Yes. He has been wanting to sting me Friend with a of bee. the show. He's been wanting to have a bee sting me. Yeah. And and record it on the show because he thinks that would be hilarious or whatever. And this whole situation... Well, just one <laughs> more reason why we need to get out of California. The bees? Yeah, mudslides and earthquakes and wildfires and bee stings in January. Normally, you don't, you don't have to contend with <laughs> bees... Bzz, buzzing around <laughs> in the goddamn in public, they, they need they they should be in the hive. Well, in hiding under the door handle. Yeah, a slippery on little the bastard. attack 
I mean, he knew what he was up to. Yeah. That be. He was plotting. No good. Yeah. This is what I don't like about animals and insects. Right. They know what they're up to. All right. Well, that is what happened. <laughs> I'm still a little bummed about it. How are it. your joints? They're fine. It was just a weird allergic reaction. Yeah. When I got stung by a bee when I was a kid, and then we're going to end this and move on with the show. I was riding my bike like a like a crazy person up and down the driveway, and I got stung like it was like playing chicken with a with a freight train. One of those big hairy bumblebees Yikes. stuck me right stung me right in a fucking kidnap right in my <laughs> six year old neck, and I I got hives like crazy hives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the time I think I've mentioned it on the show where I learned that hives from getting stung. <laughs> aren't beehives because in my dumb kid brain i heard oh he's jesse's getting hives yeah from the bee D- jesse just got stung by a bee yeah. in my stupid kid brain it seems very logical i thought bees were gonna come out of me yeah and none of the adults were privy to my my angst and anxiety they just let me freak out i was you, freaking out you man. weren't sharing your theories you weren't trying to no i was i was scared to death that they were gonna be bees appearing out of nowhere from my skin yeah like well, a fucking horror movie well hives are freaky anyway so then to have that belief i mean hives so are I, scary. Have, I do have a I, I mean it's kind of a stretch but i have a history of allergic reactions mm-hmm. and I, yeah, i'm not getting any sympathy from you you're the one who didn't get stung and you're the one who freaked out it was trying moving to, on it was trying to get me too all right moving on we we do have a voicemail it's kind of hard going from this to a serious topic well we can um we can read a voicemail oh, if you'd like read an email yeah Let's i mean do that. read an email did i say voicemail you did okay listener communication big part of the show always kind of a tough transition when we go from talking about goofy fun stuff to eh, more serious tone stuff okay so this is from nathan In a weird, twisted way, I have to thank Trump. Prior to his presidency, it was difficult to differentiate one American from another. The way I used to do it was who wore more American flag clothing during the 4th of July than the other. (laughs) Now I think the difference has become much clearer. Some people have been willing to retreat and embrace the deepest and darkest depths of this country, while others have embraced the true reality with which we live. I have been fortunate enough to attend college and graduate school, but I cannot attribute my frame of reference solely to skill, luck, nor accident. As a white male, I have unintentionally hit the socioeconomic jackpot, but that doesn't mean I haven't worked hard to be where I'm at, nor do I pretend to be sent from God or quote-unquote blessed like some Americans. I joined the army at 18 and owe the majority of my success to a single mother who is the daughter of an immigrant and the United States military. My military career has most likely placed me in more immigrants slash foreigners lives than our current president could ever imagine, including some quote unquote shithole countries. I've personally seen people from quote unquote shitholes serve our country light years beyond what Trump and Paul Ryan could ever do. He's the actual person I have qualms with. Donald Trump doesn't know any better. Paul Ryan knows better. He is trading short-term political success for a legacy that will haunt him forever. I just hope he lives long enough to realize it before he escapes to the eternal wonderland of heaven. I can only imagine the discriminations that Paul Ryan endured as a white man in America. must have been so hard for him. Hashtag Irish lives matter. 
Quick reality check. Fall right. If Trump and the GOP were so sold on the hashtag all lives matter movement, then why would they not be more open and diverse with their policy on immigration? The only thing that Trump, the Trump administration and the GOP at large has been successful in is moving the conversation backwards. Luckily, we have you two to move it forward. Love you guys. And there's several blanks here, but it's spelling out my name because there's too many letters is the best part. <laughs> B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. Yeah. Too many letters. <laughs> Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. Thank you, Nathan. Nathan, thank you very much. Uh, this is a longtime listener of the show, supporter of the show. Um, we he, he was one of the first people that bought a mug. And we shipped it to Afghanistan. So he he is true, legit, true blue um, soldier. And uh, we thank you for the for the for the voice for the email. Listen, I, I agree. It was an unexpected rage that I went on on the last episode, listening to that Paul Ryan audio, him equating the situation socioeconomically that uh, blacks have in this country and to African immigrants and Haitian immigrants to to his own families past his now wealthy family because oh they'd started an earth moving business but oh Irish can't apply well it's a different anyway I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna back it down a notch let's uh another. Another email. Thank you, Nathan, very much. Yes, we have one from Nina. Aloha. First, thank you for all you do. Secondly, will you please consider doing a piece on 45's disgusting non-reaction to the false missile alert that happened in Hawaii? I spent those moments believing I would die, as did most of us. The problem is, because of his dangerous rhetoric and behavior that has escalated this conflict, it seemed not at all far-fetched. As we have had siren testing for months, that terrifying morning seemed completely real. Meanwhile, he continues to golf and then tweets about the quote-unquote fake book of Fire and Fury and retweets about Hillary's emails, while the entire state is in a traumatized condition. What type of leadership is that? Unsurprising, of course. Thank you for considering we are still trying to recover from this. Uh, Thank you for that. Listen, it's one of the benefits of having listeners all over the world all over the United States and then into Europe. And this is great because we get a perspective of someone who was on the ground and and, and experienced this particular occurrence in Hawaii where they got the fake, you know, like Amber Alert style alert to their phones saying, hey, duck and cover, take shelter. There's an inbound missile from North Korea on its way here right now. Which would not have been a deal hadn't it been for Donald Trump and his single-handed escalation of this conflict with North Korea. And in the wake of it, what do we get? Nothing from Donald Trump. No, hey, stay strong. It was just a mistake. The federal government will, will assist Hawaii in any way they need to shore up their technologies or their systems or their mechanisms uh, so an error like this doesn't take place again. Nothing like that. When he is single, singularly the cause of this happening, not the cause of mistake, but there wouldn't be a need for a missile preparedness drills and such, evacuation drills, 
if it weren't for Donald Trump and the, his actions. Tweeting about Kim Jong-un being fat and short. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, he short wouldn't, I he would, would never, never call, him. call him short and fat. Um, all of those things. Ugh. But then, like you said, yeah, this is something that um, when I was watching the um, interview with David Letterman and President Obama, something that was... On Netflix, if you haven't seen it... Uh, Go go watch it. It's super great. It's great, but it's also upsetting because you realize uh, what we don't have anymore. That's exactly right. Which is a normal person in that in that office. And even though President Obama got elected and he was hated by so many people, and the racism that came out, um, he never like tweeted about hating Republicans. Or yeah. um, attacking the Republicans, saying that Republicans were complicit in murders and things that Donald Trump does, um, making that divide between the two parties wider. And well, I, uh, President Obama understood he governed all of America. Right. Those Americans who supported him and voted for him. Yeah. And also those who did not. He represented us all. Yeah. And Donald Trump tried to say things like that. Yeah, come on. But he's never demonstrated that he's That's capable right. of doing that. Talk is fucking cheap. Yeah. We want you to deliver on some of your talk. Not all your talk, Mr. Wall and, yeah. you know, the hate and all the bullshit. And it's partially because um, Donald Trump doesn't seem to have a grasp on any, like, <laughs> belief or idea. Like, we don't, yes. we, don't na- we don't actually know what his positions are because um as someone I've I've heard say the person who has the upper hand with Trump is the last person that whispered in his ear. Which is problematic because the people who are around him the most the are the ones who are influencing him. Yeah. Like Stephen, Stephen Miller. Miller, who we're gonna we're gonna be talking about today. Uh, that's a problem. All right. Uh thank you for the email. We appreciate it. Stay safe out there in Hawaii and uh know we're thinking about you. All right, let's move on to our voicemail for this week about uh, this entire gymnastics, USA Gymnastics uh, nightmare. Hey, this is Kylie. Um, I am from Colorado, and I just wanted to talk about the Me Too movement that uh, there's like one really large sexual abuse scandal going on that no one seems to really be talking about. Um, and it's with the USA Gymnastics and Larry Nasser. Um, he sexually abused 140 plus, uh, women from, um, Michigan and all over the country. Um, he worked at Michigan State University and he had been reported to authorities, um, for years and years and years before anything was done about it. And it's really unfortunate that this story hasn't gotten more coverage. Um, people seem to be kind of talking about it since um, recent Olympians have come out, but it doesn't seem to be getting the media attention that I think it deserves. And if y'all could talk about it, um, it kind of shed some light on some people who maybe aren't aware or haven't heard of the story because it's not um, receiving the attention. I really think it deserves. All of these women were children, um, or most of them were children. Um, some of it did go into the time when these athletes were adults, but they were still teenagers at that, um, 18, 19 years old. So, um, you know, these women deserve to have their stories told too. So 
Thank you. Um, I love the show. Listen to it all the time. I'm catching up. I was I was a country for a while, but Jesse's the best part. Brittany, you're pretty good too. All right, y'all have a great day. So I think we all know that's not the case, but thank you for the call. No, we all know that's the case. Um, <laughs> so this this is kind of. I agree that it hasn't been covered as much as it should. Yeah, and for sure. I, I saw a tweet, and I don't know if this is true, and I don't know why I'm saying this, but um, that like the coverage has been like 20 minutes across like four different networks, hmm. um, because it, that, that rings true to me. I mean, it's been talked about. I've seen it, but most of the information I get is from what I've read online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hasn't been on like CNN. Hasn't been on the big. Uh, mainstream media channels um, but it is important because it's kind of reminiscent of like the Jerry Sandusky Penn State yeah. scandal where USA Gymnastics actually knew about the abuse at the hands of this doctor for weeks and they didn't report it um, someone had overheard um, one of the gymnasts talking about her abuse I think and they waited to report it um there's also many of the the much of the coverage that has been um presented is the testimony Mm -hmm. from the victims and like the caller said over 140 women yeah i think the number 166 is in my head i don't know if that's correct but it's it it wouldn't be that's not 144 is in my head. 144. Okay. It's one of those two. Yeah. Yeah. Which is unbelievable. Yeah. But there's uh, one person who gave um, her. Hang on one second. I want to, before you move on, there should be a criminal complaint filed against USA Gymnastics or the people in charge of that organization, as far as I'm concerned. They're paying Michaela Michaela Maroney or whatever her name is, Olympic uh, gymnast. She's the one who made the 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 pouty face or whatever. uh, Michaela's not impressed or whatever. They paid her like a million and a quarter to not tell her story, to remain silent. We're talking about over 100 young women, children and young women being systematically molested by a vile child molesting criminal and they're wanting it to be kept quiet for the betterment of their organization. Fuck that. Yeah. Unacceptable. So the the first, I believe she's like the first non-medical uh, victim that came out and and told her, her story. Allie um, Raisman? No, Kyle Richards. Oh, okay. Non-medical. Yeah, okay. So she was a family friend, and her parents were friends with Larry and his wife. Larry Nasser, right. the criminal, the man who's going to end up dying in prison. Right. And he would come over and hang out with the family, and then he started molesting her. And she gave such a powerful um, victim impact statement and I don't want to give quotes from it because I don't remember specifically and I don't want to mess it up. But um, her dad didn't believe her. She told her parents that he was abusing her. Yeah. And they God didn't damn. believe her. And it caused um, a problem with their relationship. And he ended up committing suicide. Um, the dad? Yeah. And she says that she can't. Sad for her. Yeah. That she yeah. can't uh, directly blame this situation 
um, because eventually he did come around to believing her and regretted, you know, not believing her. As well, he should have regretted um, it. And she said she can't completely say with certainty that his suicide was as a result of this whole situation, but that it certainly didn't help. Yeah. And so there are ram- ramifications just, I mean, across the board. It, it ripples through these families. It's not just the victims. It is destructive. And this guy had the audacity to say... Who? The doctor, Larry the, the child molester, yeah. he gave a statement to the judge and said that it, he was too stressed and that it wasn't good for his mental state to hear all these victim impact statements, that it had become a media circus wow, and that it was too much for him mentally to hear the statements. What? He's molested almost 150, maybe more. It's too hard for you to hear yeah. about what you did? No. And the judge said the same thing. Yeah. You're going to sit here and you're going to listen. She all but told him to fuck straight off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. How? What is happening with yeah, his brain? Yeah. What exactly? That tells you where the priorities lie. He's not taking account a personal inventory of his crimes. He's not. It seems to me that he's not re- regretful. He, he, he's not, there's no contrition there. Yeah, I mean, or he's not recognizing the lifelong effects that this will have yeah. on these women, his behavior, his actions, his choices, and then he wants to try to weasel out of it. It's too much mental stress. Yeah, well, guess what? 144 women are having a lot of mental stress, and this is part of the process. And their families. Yeah. I mean, it's for sure, that's the, the crux of it is your victims. Right. But it's not even the 144. It, Like you said, it ripples out right. to where the entire family is affected. Yeah. People who who are even thinking about it, this isn't to, to lessen the pain and the anguish of the actual victims, but think about families who they, they were treated by him, but maybe he didn't do anything to their daughter. And then they have to live in this, in this not knowing space. There's torture and and anxiety with anybody who came in contact with this jerk off. Right. He should die in prison. Well, and that's what the the purpose of the victim impact statements. She's going to sentence him, the judge, I think early next week. Yeah. And she, all these women were saying this is the sentence that you should give, put him in there forever, and these all of these statements are going to be informing her sentencing and decision. Like over 90 women we're going to give their account. It was going to take four full days. Yeah. And she said she would make more time available if more women wanted to come. Right. So. Yeah. In fact, uh, Michaela Maroney, who took the settlement to not talk. Right. Several celebrities, including Chrissy Teigen and John Legend, offered like a hundred grand, which was the the fine the amount. penalty if, yeah. if she did talk and, and disclose the information. Right. And several other celebrities said they'd split it. And Kristen Bell. But. USA Gymnastics, um, I don't know if they released her in general or just they allowed her to testify and give her victim in- impact statements. So. Yeah, which is... I. Yeah, are you fucking yeah, kidding don't me? Don't congratulate do them. Like, yeah, that's, no, I'm not congratulating them. No, I know. I, no one should be congratulating them because that's just what... That shouldn't have even been a thing. Right. So. Ugh. Dicks. All right. Moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and 
good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. So we have two people who have upped their pledge All on right. Patreon, and that is Wayne, Wayne. and Rainer. Rainer. And then we have new patrons, Catherine and Chris. Catherine and Chris. Yes. Thank you all very much. Those of you who have decided to be even more generous than you've been in the past to up your pledge on Patreon. And then those who are new to the Patreon family, we appreciate it very much. Uh, If you are in the tier that you get stickers, we'll be sending them out. If you're in the tier of watching the live streams uh, that are normally only for patrons, uh, then we will see you there. Yep. If uh, there, if you're not in a position to, to support the show um, on a monthly basis on on Patreon, we would love to see you buy a, a coffee mug or a, a T-shirt or look at the the new secret project that's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to dollamore.info for that. Yeah, and then there's always Amazon. If you buy shit on Amazon, who doesn't? Who doesn't buy shit on Amazon? We're all guilty. You can go to dollamore.com slash Amazon, and that'll redirect you to Amazon, where you can buy to your heart's content all of the quality goods (laughs) that they have there. You don't spend any more, and if you're going to spend your money there anyway, why not help uh, support your favorite show filled with news News. and ridiculous comment? That's us. Yeah. That's our show. It clearly. (laughs) All right. We love you guys. Democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Well, let's talk about Carl Higby mm. for a moment. Mm. Carl Higby was the public face of a volunteer organization run by the federal government, USA Freedom Works or something. Is the name of the the outfit. Carl Higby is a former Navy SEAL. One more example that just putting on your uniform doesn't make you a goddamn hero. But there are plenty of shitty people in the service. When do you think that'll go away? I don't know. Probably never when you have idiots like Tommy Lahren and and yokels like Donald Trump Jr. out there constantly talking about the service, the service, the service. Even though none of those assholes served. You're going to get me started. I know. Well, I was I'm hoping I'm trying to lure you into the trap of calling one of them a dingus because I love when you call people dingus. (laughs) Other people like it when I call people ding dongs. I prefer dingus. You like dingus. Yeah. I always on Twitter. I always have a do I capitalize dingus? Do I leave it uncapitalized? You usually do. Yeah, it's a name I I always land on. But I always like every time I think about it. (laughs) Normally, I call Donald Trump Jr. a dingus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just for him. Normally. Okay. I, I don't know. It's not like I have special nicknames He's for the people. special dingus. Yeah, what am I, Donald Trump with yeah. the nicknames? Anyway, <laughs> Carl Higby is a goddamn dingus. Let, let's come on. That, that's, it's the deal. Yes. And he was forced to resign his position with his volunteer organization. He was a paid staff member appointed by the administration. 
He's a guy I've had issue with, taken issue with in the past because he has said some outlandish things, and we'll get to that. But let me give you a sampling of some of the audio that was uncovered, or, or disco- not uncovered because it's out there for public consumption, by uh, Kyle, or what's the guy, the K-File? Do you mean Andrew? Andrew Kaczynski. Yeah. That's right, the K-File from CNN. CNN doing good work, by at, the way. At K-File on Twitter. That's right, at K-File. K-File. Um, he was looking for uh, examples of this guy, of different opinions he's had about different things, and he found all this audio from 2013 from his podcast and different media appearances he's done. Yeah. His internet radio show. They kept calling it, which makes me believe maybe it's not a podcast. Yeah. Because they would just call it a, they know what a podcast is. They just call it a podcast. Maybe they hate podcasts and they don't want to call it a podcast. Like they don't want to say the word. They don't want to speak. The oh, word. they just hate podcasts so much. The word gives them. Yeah. Angst. Yeah. I think it's like that- getting stung by a bee. When <laughs> CNN. You never know. So listen to, listen to Carl Higby tell this first in this first clip where he's talking about an online ad that he put out there to sell some firewood he had. Apparently, he lives in Montana or Alaska where you need to buy firewood to heat your home. I grew up in a household heated by firewood, mm. so I'm not maligning the use of, of wood to heat your home. Uh-huh. <laughs> For all you firewood people out there. What an elitist. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it kind of goes sideways on him, though. Because all he's doing is talking about it, putting an online ad and selling some firewood, and it devolved into a racist tirade. Only one person was actually cordial to me. Every other black person was rude. They wanted me to either load the wood, completely split it for them, or some sort of you know assistance in labor. I believe that this translates directly into the culture that is breeding this welfare and the high percentage of people on welfare in the black race. It's it's a, a, a lax of morality. <laughs> a lax of morality. Appointed by President Trump. Yeah. Listen, where... Where's Donald Trump fight? Listen... It's not you. You would think you'd have to search for this caliber of asshole to put inside your administration, and Donald Trump seems to have found every single goddamn one he could. Stephen Miller, Steve Bannon, Jeff Sessions, Carl Higby, every virulent racist he could find, he had his finger on the pulse. Yeah, I mean, how many of these cases do we have to see um, before we stop? saying that this is all just, you know, a coincidence. Oh, he just, uh, you know, making these excuses because things add up, right? And we can draw conclusions from these several different cases of the people that Donald Trump apparently surrounds himself with. And, I mean, why would he even be connected to this individual at all? This person who is saying these things on his on his radio show. So please right. imagine what he's saying in private at home with his friends. You're making the reverse point I was going to make with the last clip. Because the last clip, he said something on Fox News. Not a shocker. 
And it is egregious. I don't know my voice, a little squeal thing there, but egregious. <laughs> and it makes you think, if he's saying that shit on the air, what the hell is he saying when he's not on the air? Well, then, you know, his internet radio show. I don't say that with scorn because that's what we're doing here. But what you're saying is even more. What's he saying at home with yeah. his buddies over right. a Budweiser? Right. You know that guy drinks, you know, shitty sports beer. Yeah. Watered down no, bullshit. I'm sure it's high level scotch. Listen to this. Another virulently racist, hateful screed about blacks and believing that their breeding is a form of employment for them. I don't care what color your skin is, but I do care what action you take. Why is it okay for people like Louis Farrakhan to say that white people are promoting birth control to black women because they fear becoming a minority? Oh, I just don't want to be a dad. Are you serious? If a white guy said something like that, he'd be buried under the jail. <laughs> Aside from the fact we're promoting birth control to black women because of the incredibly high rate of children born out of wedlock that are undercared for or not cared for at all. The taxpayers are tired of supporting government checks to going to these people who think that breeding is a form of employment. I'm sorry. Unbelievable. And these people are laughing. Yeah, the fucking idiot peanut gallery in the background there. <laughs> well, I also love how he's saying if a white guy said this, he would be whatever he said. And you just said it, dickface. Yeah, you're, you're saying it. And there have so far been no repercussions until now when you... Right. We're finally out. This outed. is from 2013. Yeah, so you've That's had five years ago. Yeah, he's had all of this time to be behaving this way, and then finally, all of this comes out. Also, very poignant that the first words of the sentence were, "I don't care what color your skin is." You always know when someone says, "I don't care what color your skin is," something terrible is going to follow. I don't see color. God damn. And then also the clip ends with, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry about that, guys. Well, he has apologized for all this, by the way. Oh, yeah. What's his apology say? I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry that my words were published. I am sorry that I said them mm. in 2013. He's like putting the year as though that matters. Uh, you're still an adult. Okay. You were how old when I'm you made sorry. those comments? You know? Um, those words do not reflect who I am or what I stand for. I regret saying them. So what was he doing? What was he playing a character? Okay, he goes on. Last well, night... Wait, let's save the rest of the apology. Okay. There's more clips. Yeah. Of the wondrous racism, bigotry, xenophobia from Carl Higby, former Navy SEAL hero, Carl Higby. Listen to him talk about Muslims in this clip. It was called a Islamophobe the other day. I said, no, 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 I'm not afraid of them. I don't like them. Big difference. And um, they were like, well, you're racist. I was like, fine. If that's the definition of it, then I guess I am. Uh, fine. If that's the definition, I guess I am. Yeah. Who, who, and who are, who are the idiots who think this is, was Tommy Lahren in the goddamn background right there? Oh, ha, 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 you're so funny, Carl Higby. I don't know. Um, it's it's pretty disturbing. I mean, he has almost thirty thousand followers on Twitter, which is 
pretty fucking idiot. All right. Pretty sad. Here's another. Another alarming, ridiculous clip. I, I want to say, though. Oh, he, please do. He he didn't have a problem being called racist, right? If that's the definition, then I guess I am. Um, <laughs> and you see that a lot with people where, you know, someone tells them they're racist and rather than pausing and reflecting on why someone said yeah, that yeah. I, I even had someone say i'm so sick of people calling me racist <laughs> wow. um wow. have you considered like why so many people are calling you racist so many that you're sick of hearing it <laughs> right maybe maybe there's something to it i don't know listen just take a little bit of time <laughs> look into that just a little bit of time it is one of those things where you know donald trump um, I'm the least racist. If you have to constantly be reassuring people how not racist you are, that's a fucking red flag, is it not? Yeah. You know how many times I have to defend myself against the claim that I'm racist? That's a big goose egg. No, I doesn't have to. I don't have to do that. Well, also the fact that people Damn. people are having to ask Donald Trump if he's a racist. Like when they're yelling out questions, the press is, uh, President Trump, are you racist? Right. It's and not it, even like, do you have problematic views? It's, are you a racist? But also no one reacts like, why are you saying that? There's no reason for that question right. to be asked. Everyone's right. like, um, can you answer that? We're all kind yeah. of curious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's a really good question. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait. Hey, no, no, no. Let's, let's, let's get that answered. Yeah. It, think about that. When was there ever an occasion inside the White House... That Obama would have been asked, no, President Obama, are, are you a racist? That's unheard of. It never would have happened. But we are in a new America, a new time in our history, where we have elected a man where, who the question is, is legitimately needs to be answered Right. Legitimately needs to be answered. Right. And it's not answered. And instead he tells the press out while he's sitting Get next out. to authoritarians. Yeah. It's great. Dicks. All right. Uh, next clip. Even more egregiousness. Is egregiousness a word? Mm-hmm. Even more egregiality <laughs> <laughs> from Carl Higby, former Navy SEAL hero, Carl Higby, talking about Muslims. Because. Go back to your Muslim shithole and go crap in your hand. Wow. Him and Donald Trump have a lot in common. Did you hear that? Because. Go back to your Muslim shithole. Ah, a little shithole action. Hmm. No wonder he got hired for his job. Let's listen to the clip. Because. Go back to your Muslim shithole and go crap in your hand and bang little boys on Thursday nights. I just don't like Muslim people. And people always rip me a new one for that. They're like, Carl, you're racist. You can't, you're sexist. You're fat. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I just don't like Muslim people because their ideology sucks. People are like, well, you can't hate somebody just for being Muslim. It's like, yeah, I can. Do you hate people who rape little boys? Well, they're saying, oh, of course. They're just terrible people. Well, yeah. Well, A, most Muslims believe that, you know, to have sex with men is okay, which I don't like at all. But second off, it's the ideology of a child molester. The ideology of a Muslim is what I don't like. They are screwed up in the head, and it makes pisses me off. Oh, it pisses him off. I'm sorry. He's really sorry. I'm sorry. 
What planet is he living on? Also, what ideology do child molesters have? Is there like a a, a preset defined ideology that they live by? I don't think he understands even words. He's a hateful fucking moron. So I don't understand... um what what he's talking about and right i mean ever all of the clips that you've played i'm really confused i don't understand who was listening to this show thinking oh these are great points yeah he makes a lot of sense that's terrifying he um, also said oh everybody calls me racist i'm like jesus christ if that's what it is i guess that's what it is <laughs> Jesus. Well, that's what it is, Carl. Um, that's what it is. What What does he think when, like, he hears the reports of um, gays being thrown off buildings? Right. What What does he think? It's got to be very conflicting for him because he he hates the gays. Yeah, I don't. But he also hates that radical Muslim ideology that would have them thrown off a building. Oh, that's got to be just a. Like where is he? Where is he getting this information? Where? I don't know. They don't teach it in the military. This they don't teach this kind of bullshit. This festers. This is this is you know a couple of morons get together, and they start compiling the information that they have, and it's half wit logic well and he did serve in iraq yeah and i wonder are there people members of the military who uh, speak this way with fellow military and they don't that's allowed that no one would complain about it or what if you know an upper level person heard something would they be reprimanded would would they get in trouble for expressing these views because it seems like it would make them more aggressive in the field possibly yeah i don't think that you i don't think this kind of talk where i hate muslims right i think a, a critique of ideology a critique of the faith a critique of the ideals maybe right. of islam yeah. would be possible but when you start talking about cutting a wide swath of hating Muslims, right? I think, uh, especially if you're you know, seals, are different because they don't they don't work they don't go on your standard patrols because they're more specialized. Yeah, they're special operators, so it's different. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't a special operator, so I don't know how that atmosphere is. Yeah, um, it's just alarming hearing very someone alarming. speak that way because, like you said, he isn't criticizing ideas. He's not criticizing none of, the, none of what he's criticizing. Yeah, he, he's saying that he hates people, that he dislikes people. Right. And that's that's disturbing. So so Brittany worked backwards from the very first clip. Sorry. No, we're we're simpatico. You you figure out where, where I'm going with stuff. <laughs> Listen to Carl Higby. Navy SEAL. Carl Higby. Hero. I'm doing air quotes. Hero. Uh Carl Higby talking about how the Japanese internment camps set a precedent for a Muslim registry. This was on Megyn Kelly's show on Fox News during the time that Donald Trump made his announcement that we need to do a Muslim ban until we figure out what the hell is going on. Going on, but this seems like something else, which is if you're coming over, I mean, this is just, this is what I'm reading, okay? This is that, um, that, 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 again, the Kansas Secretary of State, Chris Kobach, who helped write the tough immigration laws in Arizona, said today that Trump's policies advisors are drafting, they're discussing drafting a proposal 
to reinstate a registry for immigrants from Muslim countries, for immigrants from Muslim countries. Yeah, and, and perfectly, perfectly honest, it is legal. They say it'll hold constitutional muster. I know the ACLU is going to challenge it, but I think it'll pass. And we've done it with Iran back uh, back a, a while ago. We did it during World War II with Japanese, which, you know, call it what you Come will. On. Maybe, maybe you're wrong. Not, you're not proposing we go back to the days of internment camps, I hope. No, no, no. I'm not proposing that at all, Megan. But what I am saying is that we need to protect that. America. I mean, that's, that's the kind of stuff that gets people scared, Carl. Right. But it's, I'm just saying there is precedent for it. And I'm not saying I agree with it. But in this case, I absolutely believe that a regional base... You can't be citing Japanese internment camps as precedent for anything the president-elect is going to do. Look, the president needs to protect America first. And if that means having people that are not protected under our Constitution have some sort of registry so we can understand until we can identify the true threat and where it's coming from, I support it. You, you get the protections once you come here. All right. Carl, good to see you. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> uh, no, not good to see him. And I... <laughs> That's interesting that that's him because I remember watching that uh, live yeah. as it was happening. And she kind of tried to give him an out there. Like, wait he a didn't minute, take you're not saying that, you can't be saying that, sir. Well, the next day <laughs> he he was making the rounds on the media because this was a big deal. Yeah. And the next day he made the rounds and was saying, oh, no, no. I was shocked. This is the words he used. I was shocked when Megyn Kelly brought up internment camps. Mm-hmm. Hey, Fuck face. <laughs> You're the one who talked about what we did to the Japanese during World War II. You may not have used the word internment camp, but everybody knew what you were talking about. Once again, we have the commonality of language. You fucking idiot. We know what you're talking about. You can't hide. Coward. Well, also, this was Megyn Kelly on Fox News. This was pre-Megyn Kelly Today Show. That's right. Uh, Pre-Megyn Kelly, uh, pro-fat-shaming Megyn Kelly um, Today Show. <laughs> I'm no sorry. more politics, Megyn Kelly. Um, this, this is not someone who would... Uh, you know, this is someone who would be on his side typically. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not so far as right. to Even be Fox supporting News, Megan things. Kelly was like, oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Um. So she she would technically be someone who would probably give him the benefit of the doubt, but even she had this negative reaction when he was saying. Yeah, it. And she had him on the next day and said, uh-uh, "I've been hearing what you've been saying around." This is not <laughs> what she said, but yeah. I'm sure in my interpretation, this is why she had him on. Right. Was a look. I heard what you've been doing on CNN, dickhole. I know you've been on MSNBC, and you're trying to put this on me. You're with me now. We're going to play the clip, and we're going to play it and see. Yeah. She didn't say dickhole. That's... I'm paraphrasing. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm surprised a, by that. I'm, I'm a Megyn Kelly whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want me to read his full apology now? Yes. Or, okay. It's time now for that. Now that we know. I don't care what color your skin is. Is that not, it's not in there? I know, I bet you I know what's in there. I'm sorry. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm not sorry that my words were published. I am sorry that I said them in 2013. Those words do not reflect who I am or what I stand for. Yeah, they do. Yes, they do, Carl Higby. I regret saying them. Last night, I informed the White House that I was resigning so as to not distract from POTUS's many success. Many... (laughs) Do you run out of the 280 characters? No, because he has a hashtag. Mini success. Hashtag no excuses. Oh, no excuses. Yeah, but he's not done tweeting um, about Trump and supporting Trump and about the Women's March and the whole 
the whole thing. All right. Well, listen, we're going to we're going to push on now. And there's a theme here because these are the people that Donald Trump has chosen to surround himself with. The Stephen Millers of the world. The Carl Higbees of the world. Steve Bannon's. Jeff Sessions. Other problematic racists. Donald Trump himself it cannot be denied any longer, is a racist. Calling African nations shitholes. Why are we bringing these people from Haiti here? They all have AIDS. Everyone in Nigeria lives in huts. Even though Nigerian immigrants have double the rate of college education than Americans. Like four times the rate of graduate degrees. It might not be that high, but it's something radically higher. Donald Trump loves the poorly educated, though. He does love the poorly educated. So that that's not helping the case. So listen to Aaron Burnett from CNN taking Trump allies to task for shielding him for the hateful, racist, shitty Shit, shit ass shit things that he says. <laughs> A lot of shit. Oh, yeah. Okay. How stupid do you think we are? Trump's allies in Washington are covering for him and they shouldn't get away with it. The president called African countries asshole countries and it was racist. And tonight, Trump's allies are trying to pull a fast one on the American people. Today, Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, who was in that heated meeting on immigration with President Trump and lawmakers, was grilled on Capitol Hill about what exactly the president said. And... She conveniently couldn't remember. You said on Fox News that the president used strong language. What was that strong language? Uh, let's see. Strong language there was. Uh, I, apologies. I don't remember specific word. Okay. So if we're to take the secretary at her word and she says she doesn't remember, quote, strong language used by the president of the United States, then surely she doesn't remember specific words by others in the room, right? I hear Senator Graham use profanity. Uh, I, I did hear tough language from Senator Graham, yes, sir. What did he say? Uh, he used tough language. Do you recall that the strong language he used repeated exactly what the president had said prior to that? Uh, I remember uh, specific cuss words being used by a variety of members. So she does remember specific cuss words used by a variety of members of Congress, but not specific cuss words used by the president of the United States. So who does this administration think it's fooling at this point? Well, certainly not Senator Cory Booker. The commander-in-chief in an Oval Office meeting referring to people from African countries and Haitians with the most vile and vulgar language. That language festers. When ignorance and bigotry is allied with power, it is a dangerous force in our country. Your silence and your amnesia is complicity. Unfortunately, it's not just the Secretary of Homeland Security. Here are two Republican senators who also were in the meeting. I'm telling you he did not use that word, George, and I'm telling you it's a gross misrepresentation. I didn't hear that word either. I certainly didn't hear what Senator Durbin has said repeatedly. Okay, to be clear, Senators Purdue and Cotton are... I mean, I don't even know if you can say playing with semantics. It's really an insult to anyone's intelligence. A senior GOP source familiar with the matter uh, says 
to CNN that instead of hearing the president say, asshole, some Republicans, uh, Cotton and Purdue, heard Trump say, S House. Okay. So why would two sitting senators and a sitting cabinet secretary cover for the president when so many people know the truth? Well, all we can say is this. They're not alone in lying. And let's use the word lying for this president. This was the largest audience to ever witness an inauguration, period. Of course it wasn't. The president in no way, uh, form or fashion has ever uh, promoted or encouraged violence. Of course, that wasn't true either. Here's the tape. Knock the crap out of him, would you? Seriously. Okay. Just knock the hell. Like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Or the president's national security advisor, when he came out, you know, on his own, came out and, and, and knocked down reports that the president had revealed highly classified information in the Oval Office to the Russian foreign minister and ambassador. Here's H.R. McMaster. The story that came out tonight, as reported, is false. At no time, at no time, were intelligence sources or methods discussed. That the president one day later directly contradicted McMaster, admitted to sharing the information with Russia. So many people seem willing to compromise their own honesty and integrity for this president. So uh, this is why um, the press is so important and people are starting to like lose trust in some of the news organizations and it's getting more difficult to determine um, fact from fiction. This is what like polling is starting to show. Well, but this I, is I would push back on that. I think it's not harder to tell. I think that. People are have people are saying that they're having a harder time. Yeah, maybe That's what so. people feel. Yeah, okay. According to polling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, that might not be reality, but that's how people feel. Yeah. And Donald Trump barking fake news all the time and this constant gaslighting and lying is not helping the situation because, you know, you have Aaron Burnett playing video <laughs> of the lie and then video of the truth. And you'd think that that would clear it up right there. But then there's motivated reasoning where Donald Trump's supporters don't want to believe anything negative about him. And so you can say, look, they're lying. She used the word lying. Lies. And they are lying. And it, it still isn't convincing people. I saw comments on one of my videos the other day on Facebook or something on Occupy Democrats or something where... A Trump supporter came on and was still holding to the claim that Donald Trump made during early on in the campaign that he was self-funding his. She still believed that Donald Trump self-funded his campaign. That is another universe. That is wacky, whack-ass, whack town. Is that a place? Because uh, that's where she was. That's where we're living right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is today. <laughs> so speaking of wacky, whack-ass, whack town, I created my own segue there. <laughs> Let, let's talk about this particular thing that Aaron Burnett, the, some of the clips. Dick Durbin. I want to play the entire... This is shithole gate. Shithole gate, yeah. yeah. Kirsten Nielsen. Kirsten with a J. Nielsen whose ancestry is Norwegian 
and Danish. Mm-hmm. She's from her her ancestors come from Norway. I almost said Norwegian, Norway, <laughs> and Denmark. She is Scandinavian. She looks Scandinavian. K R I S T J E N. Kristen. Kirsten. United States Secretary of Homeland Security. Who has very problematic views on immigration. Yeah, so people, this is kind of what's happening, okay? So he made the shithole comment, and they're trying to do these negotiations. They're trying to get a bipartisan deal to um, support DACA, right? That's right. Well, that's that's deal what's with caused... DACA. That's where we are right now with the government shutdown. Right, and so this shithole comment was made in a meeting where Donald Trump had been asking for this bipartisan deal. They brought him one. He was not happy with it. And again, that thing we were talking about, who has the upper hand, the last person who whispered in his ear. Yes. Well, people are starting to say that these characters, including Nielsen and including Stephen Miller, are the ones who are reinforcing this tough position on immigration and telling Donald Trump that he needs to not cave. Right. Because they work, they work in and around the White House. And people, you know, moderates on immigration like Lindsey Graham, they work up on Capitol Hill. Yeah. And they don't have the last word to give Donald Trump because they don't work in the White House. Right. And if you watched that 50 minute spectacle where he was trying to show that he's such a good deal maker um, with the Democrats and the Republicans having the meeting on immigration and every time someone would talk, he agreed with them. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Good point. Even though it was the opposite point that was being made from the point that was just made. So he like doesn't get it and he needs the people around him to tell him what he needs to be doing. Not getting it has never on this scale has never been quite as on display yeah. as it is with Donald Trump. Yeah. So she's one of those characters. Yes. She's she's Kirsten a, Nielsen. Yeah, she's a player in that. So listen to this. This is the entire well, not the entire, but this is the section of the Dick Durbin Kirsten Nielsen exchange relative to that meeting in the Oval Office of the White House. She was there. He was there. This is when the shithole comment was made. Madam Secretary, I hope you remember me. We were together at two meetings last week. I would like to ask you about one of those meetings. It occurred about noon on uh, January the 11th. You were a few minutes late. I know, and asked forgiveness, but we're called at the last minute to come and attend. Some things were said at that meeting which I believe we have to address today. People across the United States and around the world want to know what this president believes should be our priorities when it comes to immigration. I'm going to ask you, as best you can, to recall what you heard the president say when it came to those priorities. What do you remember the president saying? about immigration from African countries to the United States. What I heard him saying was that he'd like to move away from a country-based quota system to a merit-based system. So it shouldn't matter where you're from. It should matter what you can contribute to the United States. How did he characterize those countries in Africa? In, I, I, don't, I don't specifically remember a category, categorization of countries in Africa. I think what he was saying is... Uh, as far as best I could tell, and as you know, there were about a dozen people in the room. There were a lot of cross-conversations. There was a lot of rough talk by a lot of people in the room. 
Uh, but what I understood him to be saying is, let's move away from the countries and let's look at the individual and make sure that those we bring here can contribute to our society. Do you remember the president saying expressly, I want more Europeans, why can't we have more immigrants from Norway? Uh, I do remember what he I do remember him asking about the concept of underrepresented countries as a uh, fix. This was in the con this was in the conversation about removing the diversity lottery and how we could reallocate that. And I do remember him asking uh, if we do that and we then assign those to countries that are unrepresented, aren't we just continuing non-merit-based immigration? So from that perspective, I think he did ask, would that cover European countries, or by its nature, would that mean that we are further establishing immigration to purposefully exclude Europeans? What did the president say about immigrants from Norway? Uh, I heard him repeating what he had learned in a meeting before, uh, that they are industrious, that they are a hardworking country, uh, they don't have much crime there, they don't have much debt. I think in general I just heard him giving compliments to Norway. You said on Fox News that the president used strong language. What was that strong language? Uh, let's see. Strong language there was... Uh, I, apologies, I don't remember specific word. Uh, what I was struck with, frankly, as I'm sure you were as well, was just the general uh, profanity that was used in the room by almost everyone. Uh, did you hear me use profanity? No, sir, neither did, did I. Did you hear Senator Graham use profanity? Uh, I, I did hear tough language from Senator Graham, yes, sir. What did he say? Uh, he used tough language. He was impassioned. I think he was feeling very strongly about the issue, as was everyone in the room. Uh, and to underscore a point, uh, I think he was using some, some strong language. Do you recall that the strong language he used repeated exactly what the president had said prior to that? Uh, I remember uh, specific cuss words being used by a variety of members. I'm, I'm not going to ask you to say those words here, but I will just say for the record, uh, Senator Graham spoke up in a way that I respect very much, countering what the president had said about countries in Africa reminding the president that his family did not come to America with great skills or wealth, but they came here, as most families do, looking for a chance to prove themselves and make this a better nation. And in defense of Senator Graham, his strong words repeated exactly the words used by the president, which you cannot remember. Something about Lindsey Graham is uh, I think that he did something um, a couple months ago where I was like, this is it. I'm finally done with him. Yeah. And I don't remember what that was. And I'm always hearing things that make me like him. And then he does something this that I don't like. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's like how humans are. Yeah, this is Dick uh, <laughs> Durbin. This is Dick, Democrat from Illinois, Dick Durbin. Right. He, he this is a, a liberal Democrat. Yeah. Who is speaking very well of Lindsey Graham. Mm -hmm. And this is where, as liberals, as progressives, as members of the opposition, as members of the resistance, we need to be more thoughtful, not have a litmus test. Lindsey Graham is wrong about a lot of shit. But Lindsey Graham stands up to the President of the United States in the Oval Office and sets him straight. Now, Lindsey Graham is doing all kinds character. of... He's bending over backwards, turning himself into a pretzel now to, to say things that are going to make Trump do, you know, think well of him, and that's all problematic. But when it matters, when the cameras aren't on, it seems like Lindsey Graham's doing the right thing. 
Yeah. So they keep on talking about this merit-based immigration system, that Donald Trump wants a merit-based immigration system. And she can say whatever she wants to say about not hearing what happened. But there are several reports about what was said. Um, Haitians, take them out. Why do we need more? He right. said. They all have AIDS, again. Take them out. We don't need more of them. Yeah. Well, why? Because if on a merit-based system... If they have the skills, That's if they have exactly the education, right. if, if if they can make it past your merit-based system, that is an why awesome would point. you take them out? Right. Why would you take them out? It's an awesome point. Now, I want to read uh, a tweet from at Morning Money Ben, because this was very funny. Okay. Um, Give us your Norwegians, your Swedes, your Danes, your well-dressed skiers yearning to give up free health care and mandatory paid leave. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Is that that CNBC guy who follows you on Twitter? I yeah, CNBC. CNBC. Um, That's very funny. I love that tweet. Yeah, and he's talking about you know why can't we have more people from Norway? Which we all know what that means. This is coded language. White we know people. what it means. Yeah, and they don't want to come here. Right. Well, also. Norway and Denmark are like all the time talked about as the happiest yeah. countries on the goddamn planet. They're perfectly fine. <laughs> they don't want to come here. <laughs> what guns everywhere and fucking mass shootings where you know, 500 people are killed or wounded. I, I, no, thanks. Where the hospitals sometimes engage in a practice called patient dumping. Oh, it's freezing cold outside. and You're going to put someone out in a hospital gown in Baltimore. Nah, yeah. I'll stay here in Norway. Yeah. So let's 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 break this down though. Th- this this Dick Durbin conversation. She answered with brevity and confusion when asked about the negative things that were alleged against Donald Trump. But she had all kinds of memory of any way that would that would that would paint Donald Trump in a in a positive light. When asked How did he categorize those countries in Africa? This is her answer. In I I don't I don't specifically remember a category categorization of countries Uh, in Africa. uh, uh, I forgot words. Uh, uh. (laughs) Wait, how how did he categorize the countries in Africa? In I I don't I don't specifically remember a category categorization of countries in Africa. I think she pooped her pants. That's unfortunate for everyone in the room. So you said on Fox News, Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nelson, you said on Fox News that there was strong language used. What was that strong language? Uh, let's see. Strong language there was. Uh, <laughs> I Apologies. I don't remember specific word. Uh, oh, 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 just, oh. I've racked my brain. I just... Well, here's what was really I happening. I don't know. Um, I need some time to think up a lie. Uh, I can't because there's too much pressure. I uh, can't think of a lie. I <laughs> can't think of one. And then when asked, oh, you, but what did the president say about immigrants from Norway? Uh, I heard him repeating what he had learned in a meeting before, uh, that they are industrious, that they are a hardworking country, uh, they don't have much crime there, they don't have much debt. I think in general, I just heard him giving compliments to Norway. Mm, all kind of detail. Well, again, it reminds me of Jeff Sessions. 
Yes, very when, much so. When he didn't remember what he said to the Russians, but he remembers that it was above board. It, everything was great. They didn't talk about anything <laughs> that would be related to uh, the investigation. Nothing problematic was said. Only good things. But he can't remember what they were, but it was only good. Yeah, well, no, I just, oh, the memory. I'm fully capable of being the attorney general, but uh, just some things I just don't remember sometimes. It's terrible. I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's one more part of her testimony that day that I wanted to talk about, and it's a little bit of... Tooting your own horn. Kind of tooting my own horn a little bit. Okay. I was going to avoid even talking about toot my own horn, but uh-huh. it's unavoidable. Yeah. Brittany Page. We know. Corey. <laughs> Thank you. If, if you can toot your horn, you will. That's prick shit, bro. It's not prick shit. That's prick shit. It's the truth. So I talked about on the last episode, 373 of I Doubt It With Dollamore. I talked about the fact that when the president speaks in the Oval Office, people shut the fuck up and they listen. There was no crosstalk when the president talks. And Cory Booker, he must be a listener to the program. Yeah, I'm sure he is. He's not a listener to the program. No, I'm sure that he's on the live stream right now. (laughs) Under a pseudonym. Come on, Cory, say hi to the group. So Cory Booker echoed my, my thoughts. Yeah. Cory Booker agrees with me. Because it's logical. <laughs> it's it's a it's a rational statement. Cory Booker agrees with Jesse D. Why would he not? Why would he not? Now I've been in the Oval Office many times, and when the Commander in Chief speaks, I listened. I don't have amnesia on conversations I had in the Oval Office going back months and months and months. And I've had individual meetings with the President, and I've had group conversations where there was, as you said, crosscalk. The bummer for for advertising and campaign purposes that he fucked up the last word, cross talk. Maybe they can dub in cross talk. Yeah, I'm sure he can just say it again. Yeah, right. And they can show the video. Because that guy's for sure going to want to run for president. And, yeah. you know, that was one of the criticisms that was leveled against both Kamala Harris, our senator here in California, yeah. and Cory Booker from New Jersey, is that all they're doing is putting on a spectacle to run for office. Yeah, well, they are they seem pretty buddy-buddy, and it, they're both being talked about as possible um, candidates yeah. in the presidential election. So it'll be interesting to see how that buddy-buddy relationship changes right. once they announce they're running. Well, listen, I, I don't necessarily disagree that there was some grandstanding going on. Yeah. And that they want some sound bites to, to you know... To, create a little bit of a wave of, of of support for them moving into the into the elections but mm-hmm. um nothing any one either one of them said i disagree with yeah so. well also when jeff sessions is being questioned and the republican senators are like taking time to praise him and like be all positive yeah. and i mean it's it's the same thing but they're not being critical so no one seems to have a problem with that when they do that, yeah, they can waste their time however they like. That's exactly right. So that leads us into where we are right now. This entire government shutdown is over immigration. It's over DACA. It's over Dreamers. 
And as much as the White House wants to blame the Democrats, this is not this is not fucking reality. That's just not the case. In September, Donald Trump unilaterally ended DACA as we know it. And the only reason it's a fight right now is because he ended it jeopardizing the safety, security, and lives of 800,000 participants in the program. That's on Donald Trump. And that Democrats are going to step into the gap and advocate for them, that's not a bad thing. I have reservations about the government shutdown and whether Democrats want to take blame for it. But all of that is political in my head. Those are just where the politics lie. Because the moral thing, the right thing to do is to take up for these people. Yeah. Well, now you have people like Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan tweeting things like, do the Democrats support Chip? Why are they blah, right. blah, blah? You and, had a chance on that months ago, assholes. Well, September 30th yes. is when funding expired. So, right. <laughs> Paul Ryan. Yeah, where are you, dickface? Where were you advocating for a clean Chip bill? You fucking coward. The whole month of October, the whole month of November, the whole month of December. Right. You had time. And you're in control, Paul Ryan. You're in control of the House of Representatives that doesn't have it like the Senate. The majority rules in the House of Representatives. They don't have these odd uh, sections of voting where you need 60 for cloture vote that will limit debate. You don't have any of that in the House. If you have a one-vote majority, you rule in the House of Representatives. So his all his bullshit is cowardice and lies. Now, I want to talk about um, the general public's feeling on DACA and on the border wall, because part of the problem here is that Donald Trump wants funding for his border wall. That's because, right. as we all know, he's kept all of his promises um, and Mexico will be paying for it. No, it's not. Well, why is he needing funding from the Congress? Shouldn't he be going to the Mexican Congress? Because they're going to pay for the wall, not us. Why does our Ways and Means Committee, why does our Appropriations Committee need to, to juggle funds? I thought it was coming from the, the, Me- the Mexican government, no? Nah. <laughs> so um, a large majority, so a large majority, 74% favor granting permanent legal status to immigrants brought to the U.S. illegally when they were children. Okay? Yeah. 74%. This includes 50% of Republicans and leaning Republicans. Yeah. Okay. 50%. Well, let's talk about, well, finish with the numbers and let's talk about who these people are. Okay. And then 60% of Americans oppose a proposal to, quote, substantially expand the wall along the U.S. border with Mexico. 60% oppose. Okay. That includes only 24% of Republicans and leaning right. Republicans because right, right, right. 72% of them favor that. But speaking generally about Americans, the majority oppose the border the border wall because the majority of us are decent people and the majority favor granting permanent legal status to daca those who are covered under daca right and we're not ta- listen permanent legal status is something different than citizenship and that's an argument to be had 
in a political area. Right. But I want to say that there's always this talking point of the um, coastal elites are holding people hostage that live yeah, in the flyover yeah. areas, blah, blah, blah. Well, right now, it's- which means where the people live, yeah. you know, all those populated areas <laughs> where most of Americans live. They're holding the rest of the country hostage. Okay, that's kind of how it works. Well, right now, Donald Trump, as he's sending out um, messages about how the Democrats are complicit in murders at the hands of illegal immigrants. This happened, by the way. Which is real. Yeah. And again, Paul Ryan said it's not helpful. Um, The majority of Americans... When's he going to get a nutsack and do something? The majority of Americans do not share this perspective. The majority of Americans yeah. do not share Donald Trump's perspective on these issues. And that's coastal elites and flyover country, quote unquote. So does, Everyone. does that matter? Does that matter? Apparently not. Yeah. Apparently not. The other aspect, a bargaining chip of Donald Trump, is this diversity lottery, which is a program that allows entrance into the United States through a visa program by lottery for underrepresented populations within our current immigration setup. Some African nations, some Middle Eastern countries, just globally countries that we don't have a lot of immigrants from, so we want to allow them an opportunity. Well, Donald Trump's been saying that, oh, they just, it's these countries, they, they're, they're, they're sending their worst, and they pick the bad apples, and then they get to come. It's not how it works. I've been screaming about it for about two weeks. That is not how it works. Wait a minute. Donald Trump doesn't know how it works? <laughs> Shocking. Shocking. However, Jake Tapper, J-Tap is doing good work. As far as I'm concerned, he's where, is it, he's where it's at. He's where it's at. He's where it's at, Brittany. Perfect. Over at CNN, here he is fact-checking Donald Trump's asinine claims about the diversity diversity lottery. Hey everybody, it's Jake Tapper from CNN State of the Union and factcheck.org. And this week we're going to take a look at comments President Trump has repeatedly made about the diversity immigrant visa program. Uh, he said it's a process that countries use to send their, quote, worst of the worst to the United States. Take a listen to how he described it on January 9th of this year. Countries come in and they put names in a hopper. They're not giving you their best names. Common sense means they're not giving you their best names. They're giving you people that they don't want. And then we take them out of the lottery. And where they do it by hand, where they put the hand in a bowl, and probably uh, what's in their hand are the worst of the worst. Is that true? Do these other countries put names in the hopper and send the U.S. the worst of the worst? No, it's not true. The diversity immigrant visa program provides visa. Now, it does happen by lottery, but they are provided to qualified and screened applicants from countries with low immigration rates to the U.S. Individuals in these foreign countries, not foreign governments, apply for entry into the lottery, and then they're selected randomly by the U.S. government. Foreign governments don't select who gets to enter the lottery, and certainly not by hand, as the president claims. The U.S. uses a computer lottery system to randomly select up to 50,000 applicants a year. But regardless of the kind of lottery system, let's look at the, at the fundamental 
argument that the president is making here that these foreign countries are sending the United States the worst of the worst. Now, according to an immigration law professor at Cornell, quote, there is no way a foreign government can game the lottery to offload the worst of their citizenry. That's because after this random lottery process happens by the U.S. government, the U.S. government then takes the winners of this lottery and conducts background checks and screening on them. The U.S. government does that. In order to even be eligible for that lottery, applicants must show that they have a high school education or two years of work experience. If they're selected, the U.S. consulate begins a rigorous screening process with more than a dozen grounds of inadmissibility. The consulate looks at whether the individual has ever committed a crime, whether he or she has a serious health problem, whether he or she is self-sufficient or has any connections to terrorism, including biometric screening against U.S. law enforcement and counterterrorism databases. The applicant then has to undergo an interview at the U.S. consulate, and applicants are even, quote, continuously screened both at the time of their visa application and afterwards, according to a State Department official with whom we spoke. So in addition to the fact that the president's claim that the foreign governments are the ones conducting these lotteries, which is not true, the U.S. government is, the U.S. government also then puts these applicants through a rigorous screening process to make sure that they are not the worst of the worst. The way the president describes this program, it's just not true. A reminder to all you politicians out there, you're perfectly entitled to your own opinions, not to your own facts. I'm Jake Tapper for CNN State of the Union and factcheck.org. I, I, Got a little CNN <laughs> flourish there. I wish that facts were more convincing. Yeah. It's, it's a very frustrating um, thing that I notice when I'm talking to people is you can give them all of the facts and and talk at length about yeah. reality and sometimes it just doesn't work and I was watching um, the Vice News special um, a year of Trump or whatever it's called of reviewing the year that Donald Trump has been president mm-hmm. and they had a focus group with Frank Luntz the Lutz uh, Frank Luntz, yeah, the the Republican uh, Republican pollster, pollster. Yeah. and he was talking to a group of Donald Trump supporters. They all voted for Donald Trump. I think one of them said he wouldn't vote for him again if he had the opportunity. The rest said that they would. And listening to these people talk, they were saying things like, "There's no vetting process." Yeah, no vetting. Anyone is allowed to come here, and I mean, you can give someone that information and say. That is not true. Here is the vetting process. It's actually, it's quite lengthy. Yeah, a 24-month process. (laughs) And they just disregard it because they want to live with that fear, I guess. Um, And Donald Trump certainly needs them to have that fear because he's playing to that. That's how he retains his support. Yeah. Um, So, I don't know. I love those fact-check videos, but at the same time, I... I feel sad because I've had many conversations where it just doesn't seem to do any good. Yeah. Well, listen, we were going to talk. <laughs> Bringing it down. Uh, it's a bummer. It's for sure a bummer. <laughs> I was. We, I have a clip here from Jake Tapper again about uh, Donald Trump's changing views on the border wall. I've got some stuff on Steve Bannon and all the Russia investigation shit that's happening. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to skip that. Yeah. We've gone. We've gone pretty long, and that that's okay. Yeah. But at the top of the show, not for the YouTube audience that's watching on the live stream right now, but it'll be good for them to hear this. But at the top of the show, you heard 
a White House operator. And she talked about, well, we'll just play it. This is what you heard at the top of the show. Thank you for calling the White House comment line. Thank you for calling the White House. Unfortunately, we cannot answer your call today because congressional Democrats are holding government funding, including funding for our troops and other national security priorities, hostage to an unrelated immigration debate. Due to this obstruction, the government is shut down. In the meantime, you can leave a comment for the president at www.whitehouse.gov forward slash contact. We look forward to taking your calls as soon as the government reopens. Which is hilarious. Because back when they were taking comments, months and months ago, I called and they had shut it down until they could figure out how they were going to use it. Mm-hmm. So now it's, oh, sorry. It's not even open just because of the government shutdown. Playing politics like this with with a, is the White House open? Yes, the White House is open. So should be a, a message line. It's not like you have to employ anybody. It's a recorder that takes messages. This is politics. Yeah, but there's there's um, intent there. Of course there is. They want to paint a picture. In fact, there are reports that Donald Trump has been saying that the government shutdown is good for him. Yes, his family has gone out there and said the same thing. Right, that it's a good thing for them. And this is an opportunity to essentially score political points, right? Um, That they can create these memes about Chuck Schumer not being a man of action and being all talk and not actually wanting to work with the Republicans and all of these things that they've been saying. The government shutdown, in their view, gives them the opportunity to shit all over Democrats. That's exactly right. um, And highlight the problems within the Democratic Party to them from their perspective. Yeah. So. Well, here's the thing. It is not just Chuck Schumer who's having a problem dealing with the President of the United States and the White House. Chuck Schumer has said, look, we had a deal. And I left the White House. Two hours later, I got a call, and they had reneged on that deal. They pulled the plug on what they had agreed on. Donald Trump cannot be trusted. But it's not just, like I said, Chuck Schumer, who's having a problem dealing with this White House. Listen to Lindsey Graham. Talk about the immigration negotiations that are taking place right now and that are pivotal to this government shutdown. The White House staff, I think, is making it very difficult. Uh, I enjoy working with them, but let me give you two uh, examples of the problem. There was a handout uh, given to the bipartisan group last Tuesday where the president did a masterful job on television for 55 minutes. That's the kind of shit right there that bothers me about Lindsey Graham. Yeah, again, he though... He did a masterful job on television for about 55 minutes. He, was a good, he had a good performance by Donald Trump. He was good. This is the problem, though. He knows, he knows that Donald Trump is watching TV because Donald Trump is always watching TV, particularly CNN. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, hate watching CNN. That's right. He hate watches it. And he he knows that he needs to somehow get messages to Donald Trump. Yes. Because right now Donald Trump is surrounded by the henchmen. And he, the Stephen Millers. And he can't get through. 
He can't get through. And so he's trying to surreptitiously get these messages through. Yeah. He was actually doing the um, the Nielsen hearing. That's her name, right? Yeah. Nielsen. And um, he was trying to sneak messages through to Donald Trump in that hearing. Right. Like he's doing here. Right. Like it's it's okay for him to, you know feel how he feels and make a decision based on that without listening to other people he talks about what a good heart he has about the issue let's listen we know that's not true to lindsey graham finish this up regarding border security it was a very detailed uh, border security plan that i could support in phase two but not phase one the president looked at it and said who did this you know this is way too much i didn't approve this then we also heard the president say that the eight $18 billion request for border security was too much. I could do it for less, and I think you can. So what does the White House staff do a couple of days later? They pitch a proposal for $33 billion. So that's just not credible. I've talked with the president. His heart is right on this issue. I think he's got a good understanding of what will sell. And every time we have a proposal, it is only yanked back by staff members. Um, as long as Stephen Miller is in charge of negotiating immigration, we're going nowhere. He's been an outlier for years. There's a deal to be had. Uh, DACA plus for more border security funding. I heard Chuck Schumer say that he agreed to more wall funding, which I think is absolutely appropriate. And we're going to have to do something with legal immigration increases because we don't have the workers we need. So Lindsey Graham is obviously playing the game. Right. He's playing the game of politics. He yes. can't go on CNN and tell everyone that Donald Trump is a dumbass. Right. Um, it wouldn't play well for him. He wouldn't have the, the clout that he has now. Right. And and listen, the talk about whoever has the upper hand is the last person who whispered in his ear. That's not to say that Donald Trump's heart is in the right place. His heart isn't in the right place. I agree even with if that. you have someone, even if you have the devil on your shoulder telling you what to do. If your heart is in the right place, you don't listen to the devil on your shoulder. Not just that. Even if Stephen Miller 15 minutes ago talked about immigration in a shitty way, in a racist way, it doesn't make you think that all Haitians have AIDS or all Nigerians live in huts. Right. Or talk about their countries as shitholes. Right. If your heart That's is in his heart. If your heart is in is in the right place, you will not find these ideas compelling. Compelling enough to entertain them, compelling enough to adopt them, even temporarily, they will be a non-issue yeah. for someone who has a heart in the right place. So Lindsey Graham is giving him way too much credit, but I think he has to do that because he has this end goal in sight, and the end goal being uh, he wants a bipartisan deal made. So he's kind of in a tough spot, but at the same time... Uh, Maybe a little less essing of the Donald Trump D would be <laughs> appropriate, I think. Just like a little bit less. Just a tiny bit less a would be... A slight reduction of the essing of the D. It would be appropriate. Yes. If not tasteful. <laughs> less essing of Trump's D would be tasteful. I think so. A tasteful move on Lindsey Graham's part. I agree. The other thing is his continued use of the word border security... You know, they, they put forward uh, $18 million, billion for border security. I don't know why I'm doing that voice, but $18 billion for border security. No, it's $18 billion for the border wall. Don't call the wall border security because a wall is unnecessary. 
It's 2018. We have a panoply of different options relative to border security that don't involve a goddamn wall. Don't get things twisted, Senator Graham from South Carolina. It does give me hope, though. The last thing that he said there was that we don't have the workers that we need. So he does understand that there's an economic need for a a greater influx of immigration from our southern border. People don't like to talk about it, but lower wage, unskilled labor is a is a boon to the economy. It does help the U.S. economy, which is a strange thing because if Donald Trump is going to hang his hat on any legacy, you'd think it'd be economic. Right. Doesn't seem to be the case. I do want to say, before we move on from this, that Donald Trump is trying to put... After this, we're going to take care of biz. Donald Trump is trying to put the blame on the government shutdown anywhere else but him. Even though he said what he said. Even though in the past he has said that that is the president's fault. That's right. He was saying this when it was President Obama, that it's the president's fault. It illustrates the president's inability to bring the people together, his inability to govern, right? Yes. Well, the New York Times reported that um, President Trump opted not to pursue a potential deal with Senator Chuck Schumer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, this deal that they talked about at length at the White House on Friday, it included, um, it was going to keep the government open, there was funding for a border wall and extended legal status to undocumented immigrants brought to the United States as children, while including disaster aid funds and money for a federal children's health insurance program chip. Okay, That's, that's everything everyone wants. A little bit of everything. Right. <laughs> Bipartisan deal. I mean, seriously, that is a compromise on all sides. Right. And ah, so damn. Chuck Schumer leaves. Uh, Two hours later. John Kelly calls him. And says that the agreement lacked sufficient immigration restrictions. Okay. So it didn't have quite enough racism for the Trump administration. Right. So don't let Donald Trump tell you that they aren't trying to work with them. That they aren't coming to compromises here. They had funding for a border wall. Yeah. They were going to provide funding for a border the wall. The Democrats were compromising enough to provide appropriation for a goddamn wall. Now, not as much uh, funding as they would like. But of course still, not, but some. Yeah, some funding. Get some going. And Donald Trump was like, no. Because, like the the dumb son of the, you know, there's some dumb sons going on. The dingus? Trump. Unlike Dingus... It wasn't Dingus. It was Eric, the other dumb one. He was out making the rounds on Fox News saying, oh, a government shutdown is really good for us politically. Right. Well, Well, because they can spin. That's exactly right. He spilled the beans. They're looking for the government shutdown because they think it helps them. Ugh. Ugh. Taking care of biz. Tammy Duckworth. Tammy Duckworth is taking care of biz every day of her life. Yeah. Now double amputee. Tammy Duckworth lost both of her legs in combat serving the United States of America. 
at Temporal Bastard on Twitter tweeted this to us. So I want to make sure that I'm I'm giving credit there because someone said, hey, this is a good person for taking care of yes. this. Um, so she is a United States Senator for Illinois since 2017. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, she, like you said, is a double amputee. Mm-hmm. And she made some comments. I mean, seriously, disabled vet. Yeah. The ultimate type of disabled vet. Right. She made some comments about Donald Trump and you thought... That these comments were made in like writing. I like in an interview. I thought she was like on, you know, Rachel Maddow's show and said this. No. And then I saw the clip. And she's on the floor of the she's Senate. She's on the floor. She's <laughs> on the floor of the United States Senate saying this. Mr. President, this morning, Donald Trump tweeted that, and I quote Democrats are holding our military hostage in this shutdown. Just the latest in a string of recent comments where he accuses Democrats like me for not caring about our military. And it's the latest example of him failing to show leadership to take responsibility for leading this nation. Does he even know that there are service members who are in harm's way right now watching him, looking for their commander-in-chief to show leadership rather than to try to reflect, deflect blame? Or that his own Pentagon says that there are short-term funding plans, that the short-term funding plans that he seems intent on pushing is actually harmful to not just the military, but to our national security. I spent my entire adult life looking out for the well-being, the training, the equipping of the troops for whom I was responsible. Sadly, This is something the current occupant of the Oval Office does not seem to care to do. And I will not be lectured about what our military needs by a five-deferment draft dodger. (laughs) And I have a message for Cadet Bonespurs. (laughs) If you cared about our military, you'd stop baiting Kim Jong-un into a war that could put 85,000 American troops and millions of innocent civilians in danger. Last night, after the lights had been turned out in the White House and the president had gone to his private quarters, I voted to better train and equip our troops to stop wasting the taxpayers' dollars with yet another CR. I voted to make sure that our military men and women who are standing in line on the DMZ, who are in Iraq and Afghanistan, across Africa, in Asia, get the help, the support, and the equipment that they need. If the president truly cared about them, then he would stop stop hiding behind his Twitter account, stop blaming everyone else. And he can tell his party, a party that controls the House, the White House, and the Senate, to do their job. No, I thought she was going to say something else. Nope, that's all she said. Maybe to go no, she said a lot more. No, that they, they can go f themselves or something. I mean, that's that's the direction that was going, right? Um, so amazing. This is great because he needs to hear this, and he needs to hear this from someone yes. like Tammy Duckworth, who is a boss who has sacrificed for her country, right? Unlike Donald Trump. Yeah, and. I mean, she did this in a very respectful way, even though she was saying what she was saying. It's truth. I mean, those are facts. 
right? So if Allegedly. He, if he finds those things insulting, then he should just like check himself because yes. those are like factual descriptions of who he is as a person. Um, but you have um, Mike Pence tweeting and he's he's visiting troops abroad. And so they're all standing behind Coincidentally out of the country while it's shut down. They're the all, government shut down. They're all standing behind him. Yeah. And he sent this tweet out. Despite bipartisan support for a budget resolution, a minority in the Senate has decided to play politics with military pay. America's military deserves better. Understand this. POTUS and I and the American people are not going to put up with it in all caps. Um, you're the one who's using the military as a political prop. Right. And tweeting about it. Always. And I uh, that seems disrespectful. <laughs> but who am I to say anything? I mean, take it from no, Tammy Duckworth. No, absolutely take it from Tammy Duckworth. Yeah. He... Neither one of these assholes served. And they, it's one thing, listen, President Obama never used the military like a political pawn, like a prop. He didn't go on a, on a carrier like George W. Bush did with a mission accomplished banner, flying in on a jet, landing on the carrier. Like, why did you need to do that, dickhole? That's a Republican thing to do. It's why you see... Carl Higby and these other idiots in the Trump administration always talking about the military like they do. Yeah. Rather than earnestly. And what what's really best for the military? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what's best for the military. It's not going to combat and dying. That's best for the military. Well, it's also best for the country. I wonder what people like uh, Tommy Lahren would have to say about this Tammy Duckworth quote. Because Tommy Lahren is also someone who likes to... Um, use the military. She she said, I believe at Politicon, that it was one of her top issues. Yeah, her top issues. And really, the military is one of your top issues. Yeah, never served. Right, never served. Such a such a top issue for her that she avoided military service. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's up to you to feel frustrated about because I yeah. didn't serve. Um, but I'm a, I'm also not a rah rah military person. I you know I. I don't know enough about it. I didn't serve. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I just think that it's weird when people use that as their their number one issue when they aren't really connected to it. Um, and there's people like Tammy Duckworth that would call them out. <laughs> yes. And say, stop using this line as your political prop. Stop using the troops as your political prop. Without a doubt. All right. Well, there. Wow. What a long show. Unbelievable record-setting long show, I think, Brittany Page. Well, people always say uh, that they don't mind. So hopefully that's the case. I think that is the case. Also, we, we owe it. We owe it. We owe it. Yeah. It's owed to you. Yeah. And if you appreciate us owing things to you, I guess, Yeah. and you want to help support the show, you want to help produce the show, you want to help move the conversation forward on an episode-by-episode basis, Go to dollamore.com, which, by the way, the website's back up. Yeah, it was down. It was down in a weird way. Yeah, but it's back up. Something about a database thing or something. I quickly messaged the web guy. Yeah. And he fixed it yeah. immediately with a keystroke. Yes. So dollamore.com slash Patreon. That is right. Uh, you can also review us on iTunes with a profanity-free review. Because if you use profanity in an iTunes or Apple podcast review... 
it gets like sent to like uh, a queue that never gets seen. It doesn't get shown. Right. Also, do not forget to like the Facebook page. I doubt it with Dollamore podcast on Facebook. Do not forget to follow us on Twitter at I doubt it podcast at Dollamore at Brittany E. Page. Brittany E. Page. Brittany E. Page on Twitter. And we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Listen, our audience is loyal and smart and responsive and awesome. And we'd love to hear from you. If you would like to sound off, communicate with the show, ask a question, make a comment, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you and we'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore and this has been I doubt it. I felt like a like a prick. Yeah. I always feel like a prick, but in this case, <laughs> I felt like a prick in my hand. Right.